Brian Millsap, chairman and CEO of Atlanta-based Black Hall Studios, is one of today's top entertainment executives with a vision for Black Hall that's ambitious, energizing, and boundless. Millsap is blazing a trail through the heart of the South and setting his sights on the future of entertainment. Listen and learn as Ryan Millsap journeys through the myriad industries, people, and landscapes that traverse the complex and dynamic world of film production. Welcome to the Black Hall Studios podcast. I'm Ryan Millsap. I got in the movie making business by being a real estate entrepreneur, but also because I'm a big movie fan. I get a huge kick out of watching blockbuster movies that I watch being made at Black Hall. COVID-19 has put a temporary crimp in production, hasn't it for everybody? But some amazing movies will be shooting at our studio soon and I'll have some amazing folks on the podcast. I'm also into ethics and philosophy and I think you'll see those themes throughout the podcast. So you're wondering, where exactly does the movie business and philosophy come together? That's the journey I want to take you on on the Black Hall Studios podcast. I'll bring you guests from both worlds, and I think you'll be surprised at how much philosophy goes into the world of making movies. Plus, you'll get an inside look at the new Hollywood of the South right here in Atlanta, Georgia. Give a listen. I think you'll enjoy what you hear. I'm happy to have you along for the ride on the Black Hall Studios podcast. Today, I've got a great guest, Asante Bradford. Asante works for the Georgia Department of Economic Development, recruiting companies to Georgia. And he is project manager for the Digital Entertainment and Emerging Media Division. If you know anything about economic development, you'll know it's crucial to any and every state across the nation. Overseeing growth in both digital and emerging media is like overseeing the Wild West. And Georgia has a kick-ass cowboy in this role. Let's talk with Asante Bradford. Welcome to the Black Hall Studios podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Asante Bradford, who's the point man in the state of Georgia for digital entertainment and media with the Georgia Department of Economic Development and a friend of mine. Asante, welcome. Hey, thank you, man. Excited to be here. Well, this is our first podcast live in person interview post COVID, which oh, is exciting. Man. Wow. And I get that call, huh? Yeah, well, he got, you got to go to the best when, hey, you're, going, when, you're, okay. when you're going live. I like you guys. I'm going to hang out more with y'all. <laughs> so you're seeing all kinds of crazy, cool stuff happen in the state of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Let's start with esports. Okay. Because that's got to be one of the areas that's blowing up the most. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tell me about what's going on in the esports world mm-hmm. here in Georgia. Before I get to that, though, I want to build and say how excited I am, Ryan, that we're finally getting to play together. Oh, wait, did I not say that right? Yeah, we can play together. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you're a it's handsome like, dude, but nah, you know what no, I'm saying. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're playing together in the NBA bubble. Hey, there you go, in right? the bubble, see? in the bubble, man. So, um, but what I'm really excited is to see now kind of the gaming technology and company now with the film and technology come together. And I think esports was obviously our, our entryway into that. So, yeah, I think, and then, you know, again, for us, you know, last time we hung out in L.A., you know, I'm getting to hang out with Ryan and Sylvester Stallone and all these big names. And, and he's like, ah, you know, no big deal. And, and I'm trying to figure out how to get me a selfie. And, but the point being, what I remember about that, Ryan, was um, you were telling me about the business, right? And I don't think a lot of people know that in L.A., all these guys hang together, 
right? That's exactly where right. Where we were. I had a gaming meeting, and then, but you're there, film, TV, and doing and all that. So I'm just excited, um, first off, to be being able to start now playing with our film industry here. Mm-hmm. And that's what really got me excited about eSports. Uh, about 2000, I think it was about 2012, 13, we, I did my first uh, trade mission. Mm-hmm. And we went to a uh, one of the biggest game conference, Gamescon in, in Germany. Mm-hmm. And we took five of our local companies. Um, and that alone was uh, really exposed me, especially to the broadcast side of esports, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a, a, one of our largest game companies. They have a, a high res, and it's a game called Smite. And I'm there watching in their stadium. And I'm seeing all of these live, I mean, these kids really watching you know on a big screen these kids play video games right but that was great but literally behind the scenes and i walk behind and you're looking like oh my god this is a tv show this is a broadcast right and that's what got my interest in this and it was like you know what man i think eventually they're going to play together it's just a matter of time before they're playing together well it's already happening think about the movie ready player one yeah. which was I think an early entree, and then you look at Jumanji, mm. right, which is about going into a video game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think we're going to see more and more of this interplay of narrative mm-hmm, around mm-hmm. video gaming. But one of the things that you mentioned at the beginning, which I think is worth exploring a little bit, is what's happened with the show Mandalorian. Yeah. Right? That, right. On the Star Wars side. Mm-hmm. And maybe tell people a little, little bit about how gaming engines and LED screens mm-hmm. are starting to impact the filming of, of mm-hmm. film and television. That's how we're coming together. But cooler than that is that you even know about that, Ryan. You know, and Frank, and you guys, all of our studios, and I love it. You guys are, you guys are like entrepreneurs, man, and I love it. You know that you guys get this stuff. So it just makes that easy for us to have these discussions, right? And you're already there. You know, you guys have to be looking that way. And I love it that again now, hey, we can have these discussions. Uh, so to answer your question, man, man, I'm all on that, Ryan. I think that this is our opportunity to lead and to be the, the leaders. And um, that's what I'm saying now, how do you, how we're coming together. And think about our young talent in that, right? I mean, they're basically, you could, it's, it's the same skill sets, right? So you're right, Epic um, for everybody. Uh, Epic, well, the, the making of the Mandalorian right now, if you're on your computer, go watch that on YouTube. Because you will literally see the future of the industry. Well, excuse me, the, the future of the industry. That's yeah, right. Not no, even the future anymore. Yeah, you can just Google Mandalorian, Star Wars, uh, making of, mm-hmm. and a lot of cool videos will come up on YouTube about using gaming engines and LED screens as backdrops, and it really in replacement of green screens and blue screens, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and 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 creating an environment that's going to hopefully lead to a lot less post-production mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where it kind of rolls out and it's and it's much more it's much closer to a, a finished product right and out you see of, the you know. cost too what do you see on the cost side well you know interestingly um i know you know chris ledoux mm-hmm. so chris at crafty apes um they do a huge amount of post-production and chris and i have been in a, a dialogue about creating a mandalorian type stage as like a test here at black hall uh, where we can start to see if we can take this technology that right now is being used by the very top end mm-hmm. of the production houses and bring that technology down into kind of the the mid-level. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you can translate into the mid-level, then you can save that mid-level a huge amount of money 
if you can provide them the equipment and the gaming engines and show them how to use it mm-hmm. in the way that they need so that they don't have to build it from scratch, employ the people that know how to use it, et cetera. And so you just, you deliver another service to the production companies that right now doesn't exist because this technology is being used by so few people. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I mean, the basics and what I'll, I'll give you guys, everybody a, a little bit of um, just brief on this. The basics of it are imagine a, uh, a wall that is all led and maybe it's in a circle. And then you, um, you set design the floor and you only film up to the top of the led screen. And in so doing you're filming the uh, protagonists or, you know, whoever's being filmed inside of the environment where you want them to be, but it's not a set that you had to build. It's just a digital projection. Well, not even a projection. It's just a digital wall that is such high quality um, definition, you know, Mm -hmm. super high def to where it feels like they're actually in the desert or they're actually on the ocean or they're actually climbing a mountain or whatever it is. And you can then take them to different worlds very quickly Mm -hmm. Right, kind of like um, what you might see in a sci-fi movie, or um, you think back of like just time time travel jumping, or um, you know being beamed down to a new environment like in Star Trek. It's kind of like mm-hmm. that in the right. sense that you just can totally change the environment very quickly, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. the notion of this technology that has the potential to be so game-changing mm-hmm. because right now it takes so long to build every set. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of the brief on. And what I'm gonna the take the tech side. On the yeah. tech side, it's actually a company called Epic in North Carolina, our neighbors, and the Unreal Game Engine. You can actually build out these sets in this game engine. So for us, it only makes sense that you know we have 150 game plus game companies here now, right? And if we can start training our our talent to start building out these, you know. I'm like, we're going to jump ahead of everybody, right? Mm. So um, so I'm all on that. Literally, we had a call this morning with uh, our high schools because uh, our local game developer association, GDA, actually got a mega grant from Epic. Mm-hmm. And um, shout out, Andrew. That working on the um, – but he's kind of really focused more on the colleges, right? And mm-hmm. that's cool, you know. But I'm like, you know, this got to be high school, elementary. Let's get our kids. I mean, these kids are so talented, man, you know. Right. Don't take them lightly. So that's where I'm at. I'm like, so we had a call today with the uh, Georgia High School Association. And that's the idea is to like uh, get train a trainer. So that's what this grant is. It's about training our teachers to train this program. So um, I'm real excited, Ryan. You knew that. You knew that. Well, the Georgia Film Academy, didn't they recently expand beyond just film and television into gaming? Exactly. Esports curriculum now, man. So. That's where we're going to lead, you know, and um, and, you know, I got to shout out to all of my partners as well. Real quick, man. Let me take that time to really uh, shout out all of the uh, folks. Because and I know you feel the same on the film industry. It's not just a one man shop here. And, and I feel the same thing with what's going on in esports. I mentioned GGDA and but even events, um, you know, uh, Momocon out there and different things. They're all growing this esports space for us. So I'm like to the point where, again, with the epic and the potentially mega grant that we can get our high schools and start training. He was, uh, actually, I'm sorry, the, the gentleman with the school was just breaking out. Um, and it's just not Atlanta. This is literally in rural counties. And he mentioned, you know, just for t- uh, some of the students that are taking just the gaming. And it was, I was just blown away by it. So, um, so yeah, my focus now is how, you know, as these two industries come together, how do we lead? You know, how do we get our talent to lead? Um, so, yeah, I'm real excited about it, right? 
So, you know, we're working on a project with the Georgia Film Academy and the DeKalb County School District to bring a film, television, and gaming program to McNair High School, which is just oh, up the street. Oh, nice. Yeah. Which I think is going to be exciting. And when you talk about the high schools, mm -hmm. that's where you can really tap into the imagination of the kids, right? Think about um, one of the struggles that you see inside of the high schools all across the country is helping kids that are age 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 have imagination mm. for what they're going to do with all of their energy, creativity, et cetera. I mean, a lot of the societal problems we see come from lack of imagination, lack of understanding of all the options that they have. Um, and so I think it's, it's um, fascinating to see how that program has impact over time. You know, McNair High School was built, I believe, for 1,600 kids. Mm. And today, I think there's less than 600 oh, wow. that attend McNair mm. High School because mm. they have school of choice and it's become a school that, that hasn't been a school of choice. Mm -hmm. But I think we can rectify that pretty, pretty rapidly. I, I totally agree with that. And, um, you know, and, and to be honest with you, too, and I feel like on a state level, we feel the same. I, obviously, you know, we train, you know, a lot of kids, you know, go get jobs and that's fine. But let's start. And we've had this talk. <laughs> yeah. We gotta be. Hey, we gotta start starting some CEOs here, man. Mm -hmm. And so I agree with you. If we can start getting these tools to these kids a little younger, mm -hmm. and you know their minds, I totally agree with you. With a little direction, I, I I think that's it. I think that's the formula, Ryan, for us to continue growing and to build this workforce. But not just build workers. You know, I'm like, hey, they can start their own businesses right now, right? They can start making income. They can start. You know, we can start taxing them on the state. <laughs> we can. There's enough for everybody, and and again, I, I'm so with you on these kids. I just think you ha they have to. You got to put the tools in their hands, and uh, and I would love to sit back and watch watch them germinate, man. Watch them grow. Well, it seems like the state is really behind this as well. I mm -hmm. mean, what's your experience inside the politics mm -hmm. of, mm -hmm. of the growth? Of We've the had industry? that talk too, Ryan. Matter of fact, me and you, man. I, you know, I ain't gonna lie, man. I wasn't feeling you at first, man. <laughs> <laughs> but then you know what's so fun? And I want to get back to that. Um, <laughs> You are so right. So I will say this, man, that from the governor down, I, I got the best and incredible support that I could get. Mm -hmm. um, my boss is the, from the commissioner and all of that. They are all on board. And you know what? Even the legislators, man. And, you know, I want to definitely talk about the adjustment to the credits. I want to definitely get your viewpoint. I loved your quote, by the way, mm -hmm. um, that they all have kids, man. They all have kids. That's right. So, so they get it, and um, and not just here in Atlanta too, which is really exciting to me that this is literally is a statewide initiative. They all get it with their kids, and hey, again, um, if we can lead, and I think the state has seen that in entertainment from backing, you know, the new uh, changes to the tax credit, mm -hmm. that's huge, man. Mm -hmm. But even to you know to go back to your question again, you know, we're like one of the only states that have an esports tax credit, you know. So to me, for them to actually put it on the line, like, hey, man, we're going to invest in this. That's a serious investment. Right. So and then, you know, our companies are that's that's very literally attracting um, Georgia across the world. You know, nobody else has that right now. Um, so we're really excited. We're getting um, we actually had a great call yesterday with one of the big gay ESA the big gaming association. Now they're highlighting they want to highlight us because of these things that are happening. Um, so yeah, man, I'm, 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 um, to answer your question, uh, our, our, uh, legislative, uh, caucus and, uh, support is on, uh, an incredible level, man. I, I just feel like total support for what I, whatever I want to do. Do you think that the legislative members and the governor understand 
the quality of these jobs from a psychological standpoint, right? The difference between high paying jobs that may be a grind and high paying jobs that are also high happiness jobs. Mm. Do you think they get that difference? I don't know on that part. Yeah, I um, I mean, we have discussions with them and all, but I don't know about that part because you know what? To be honest, this is really new. Right. That's fair. For here. So this get yeah, you gotta just like the film industry, as you know, took a little time to educate. <laughs> We've been through a few iterations on the tax credit. That's with true. It, we right? have, yeah. And and, and and you have to adjust to the industry. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So um I don't know if you got to that. I don't know if you got that mature yet. I think it's still relatively new to them. I think they get it. They see the numbers. You know, you're talking about a multi-billion dollar industry. Sure. But, you know, what I'm specifically thinking about is the economic impact of having a happy workforce. Mm. And break that down for me. Think about the fact that if somebody is making a lot of money, but they're really unhappy with the work they're doing, then they might have depression, Mm. which might lead to all sorts of other uh, illnesses, which might lead to all sorts of other drag on healthcare and their families and their kids, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas you do the exact opposite uh, thought experiment and you say now imagine a world where somebody wakes up in the morning and they're so excited about what they get to go do today and you find that inside the entertainment industry these are high happiness jobs from the top to the bottom mm-hmm. directors are generally excited about working the actors are generally excited about working the producers are generally excited about working all the way down into IATSE and the Teamsters these drivers they could go drive all sorts of things in the world but they get to drive entertainment vehicles and making a huge movie where they might be driving the rock around, or at least they're driving a set to the, um, to the stage that the rock is going to be filming on. And they might even get to watch that. And then when the film's over, their names go in lights in those permanent credits. And that level of psychological reward creates a lot of joy. Mm. And so now you have people that are making whatever amount of money, probably more than they would be doing the same skill or trade in another industry, but then they get all these other psychological joyful benefits that they get to take home to their families. And I think that that uh, virtuous cycle Mm. of high happiness is a untapped understanding as to the impact, the, the quality impact it can have on a general economy if you can create as many happiness jobs as possible. And I think gaming is one of these areas, film and television is one of these areas, and to see that growth in our economy, I think is gonna have huge psychological benefits beyond just the economic benefits. Ryan, I have never heard that before, and I'm gonna tell you, man, that makes, uh, that is a huge uh, statement, right? And um, you are right, because I would tell you again, back we're still on the on the first uh, first floor. We're still on the first floor. But those are things that I'm going to use, man. I didn't like, OK, we got to get some research going on that. I never heard of that. Mm-hmm. But it makes a total sense, right? Well, it's a pure working theory that I have. Like, I'm not a okay. you know, I'm not a, a, right. a psychological professor. We got some Georgia Tech kids on that, man. I would love that. I mean, yeah. we should get some people doing studies yeah. on the difference. The It's, it's going to be long term studies. Mm-hmm. Right, because it's going to be generational impact studies on having jobs that people actually mm. find joy in. Right. Um, but intuitively, that, it makes perfect sense to me, and that's one of the reasons why I was so drawn to this industry and drawn to this industry inside the state of Georgia. Watching, you know, historically, if you think that Georgia was driven by um, Coca-Cola and Delta Airlines and Home Depot and UPS, all of whom had reputations as being outstanding employers mm-hmm. that people found joy in working for but i'd say a lot of those jobs inside of those companies it wasn't that the jobs themselves were high happiness right 
it was that they had great benefits, they had good culture, you know, all these things that that were not always true in big companies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we were fortunate in this state to already have big companies with great cultures. Mm-hmm. But now what we're doing is we're adding jobs themselves that the work in and of itself has a psychological reward that goes way beyond a lot of the kind of the baseline logistics industries. So, I totally, totally get that, Ryan. I mean, I using myself as an example, I came here kind of in the dot-com era, and that was the same thing going on, man. And people, you know, they were all Silicon Valley, but Atlanta was doing its thing. And um, it was so exciting, man. It was so exciting for me just to get in those positions. And, like, and it was. And you know what? It's interesting, too. Another parallel is that's – Kind of one of the big tenants we 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 um we use to sell Georgia is the quality of life is mm-hmm. all of that mm-hmm. it's the wellness that's here mm-hmm. you know you're not gonna get that in California <laughs> you can but it's not the same as you know uh, it's not even close to the same right 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 and um I love that man no I'd never heard that and um I will definitely take that to heart man that's one thing I would take from this where did, where did you grow up I'm an LA boy where in LA Crenshaw area. <laughs> Tell uh, a boys in the hood. What, what do you what do you think? How do you describe to people the difference between living in Los Angeles and living in Atlanta? Atlanta literally sells itself, you know, but you got to get them here. So to answer your question, it is those three things. It is quality of life, cost of living being one. Obviously, the tax credit because, you know, they cheap out there. Oh, they got those high rents. <laughs> uh, right. And then um, talent. Now, oh, it's really interesting to talk about talent because, you know, as uh, over the years that we've been doing this now, the talent is just rising to the top. And uh, I would put our talent up almost against anybody, maybe not Cali, but against a lot of folks, right? Because when you have the crossbreeding, and then I think that's, you know, on our level with the state, we have to do a better job of that, of crossbreeding this. You know, so I remember a couple of years ago, SCAD and uh, Georgia Tech did a, a mobile class together. Back when mobile was kind of starting, we need all of that, man. Could you imagine if we getting our kids from those schools, Emory and Georgia State and even the AUC and getting just getting, I just like, let me get them in a room together, right? I just think that that sort of talent is the other thing now that's really driving that uh, California move uh, outside of California. So let's, let's look at gaming, the gaming world versus entertainment for a second. In the entertainment world in Georgia, we don't have a lot of, development, which is all the pre-production, the ideas, and the intellectual property development. We have a lot of the um, actual physical production of that intellectual property. And then we don't have a lot of post-production. I mean, we do have some guys like Chris Ledoux and Crafty Apes, and but a lot of the post-production takes place back in Los Angeles as well. And, and the next big growth cycle for us which will only come from stability. So we need years of stability, both uh, with the tax credit and social stability around like, you know, uh, non-legislation of moral issues that can be very um, contentious, right? We need just like the simplicity and ease of that continuity in order to get people to a place where they say, Georgia is a place where I can put down roots, like deep roots on the development side and deep roots on the post-production side and not just utilize it as a manufacturing base. We're glad to have the manufacturing. It's right. fantastic business, but it really leads to the whole ecosystem 
which like Tyler Perry has. Tyler Perry has the whole ecosystem. He's developing all his own product. He's writing a lot of his own product. He's funding a lot of his own product. And then he's making it here. And then he's post-producing it here and distributing it, you know, with partners all over the world, but really finishing everything right here in, in Georgia. Now, on the gaming side, mm -hmm. what's interesting is that we have these creators that are really developing product mm -hmm. here in Georgia. Mm -hmm. Where did that come from? How did how did the gaming world, the gaming ecosystem, leapfrog right to the center of ideas and have Atlanta be a hub for that? Wow, you know, right? I never thought of that either, man. You you hit me in some spots I never, I wasn't even prepared for it. But you know, we've had this discussion too, and I've always, uh, matter of fact, I think we've been leading that discussion about this. And you know, again, when certain legislation may come in place, and then Hollywood's threatening to leave, so what are we going to do, right? And so I know we've had that talk, and I totally agree with you. But I never thought of the game industry, and you are so right. So I think there's a couple factors in that because uh, basically when I started it was maybe five companies, mm -hmm. right? And then you know now over 150 companies. And you're right; those are all. It's not the big boys. It's all organic growth, which I think is just an amazing. And I I really hardly look at that. But you're right; it's been these guys all own their own IP. Some of them so are even doing their own publishing. We right now have 150 miniature gaming Tyler Perry's growing in the state of right, Georgia. Right. Right. Is that right? I would say five pretty big ones. And then, yeah, the rest of them are pretty, you know, uh, five, ten-man teams. But still, it's 150 individual teams All creating, creating their own IP. Yeah. I never thought of that either. I mean, that is phenomenal. That, that is. Where else has any ecosystem? Nothing even... like nothing. Because usually it takes one of the bigger companies, the game companies, to set up, like Austin, to set up, right? And then everybody comes later. It's almost like the car industry. Like when we got Kia, you get all the other stuff that comes with it, right? Mm -hmm. So that's it. And we have not had, you know, it's all been organic here. Now, I will say we're in some discussions, but the cool part is those companies, the big, the big companies are looking like, wait a minute, they got 150 game companies here. We better go ahead and get in the mix. We better go in and start acquiring. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, there you go. So we had Ubisoft acquire one of our big ones. Mm -hmm. And um, and, so, and I will say the other ones are looking. So now they're calling me, Ryan. You know, they're like, well, wait a minute. It's almost like you can't, we cannot be in that midst, right? We, we, they got a grand new IP. They got all this young talent. We have to play in that. How do we keep our great young game developers and that intellectual property and that intellectual property development, which is all coming from the minds of these young, creative, right. entrepreneurial uh, they're, gamers. They're not leaving, right? That's the key. So how do we keep them from getting bought out by these bigger but, companies? But again, even the ones that are buying them out, they leave them here. They're, they're okay now. We went through that issue too with Silicon. And I know you've had some, we talked about on the investment side, building investment here has been very tough. That's we should talk about that, mm -hmm. by the way. But yeah, now the, the companies out there are like, oh, it's okay. Matter of fact, we are in such a position because of the, the techs and the SCADs. They're already recruiting here. That's right. So when I go out and I'm meeting with them, I'm like, oh, yeah, Billy went to SCAD and Johnny went to tech. And so they already know that. And they're already coming here and recruiting. And they're like, now they got to find, there's no more there's no more room at Stanford for them to keep going. They have to find other young talent. So yes, Boston's a big place, but they're too damn expensive. Sorry, I cursed. Yeah, and then, no. but and Atlanta, <laughs> right? It's like tech and SCAD and state, and I can keep going with all our young talent. Well, when you look at from a cost of living standpoint and quality of life standpoint, as we've talked about, 
it's hard to find another city in the United States to put head to head with Atlanta, in my opinion, because I think Atlanta is, has so many things going for it mm-hmm. that compared to Los Angeles, we are new Hollywood, I guess I'm gonna go with that, right? And well, maybe the gaming side, right? So the gaming side, we're we're still just Hollywood. I mean, we use Hollywood in the way that somebody might use Kleenex, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To just describe a tissue, right? Hollywood is just a term to describe all production. It's just been attributed, yeah, right? So true. it's 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 beyond geography mm-hmm, at this point. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. calling us the Hollywood of the South really has no direct tie to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. It's just that we're the southern center of production in the world mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. so it's it's us it's los angeles it's new york it's london it's toronto it's vancouver but in the united states mm-hmm. georgia competes with la and new york kind of well, but not really because not new york really. and, right because new york and la is a different they're different ecosystems our real competition is the uk hmm. and canada and georgia goes head to head with those two major countries and I, wins. I do all the time. Uh, and you win. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> not all the time. <laughs> but yeah, I don't really. Again, you know, again, I, as of now, I still think I'm the only person dedicated in any state here. And you're right, man. It's always Canada that I come up because you know they got great credit, but they have done you know what we're doing, and it's, it's, it was that young talent, and you know from Vancouver, Montreal, and they have built up that talent level. And then the other thing you talked about early too is that post production side, right? And I totally agree. Um, we are definitely putting as much effort as we can to see that grow. So the post-production alliance out there, guys, hey, shout out to you. Um, so we're in those discussions all the time. How can we do this? So I will say that we are in a running for a couple of big post companies. Um, I will say that I'm getting special effects companies looking our way now. Um, you know, so I, definitely I feel that that opportunity is huge. Um, now on the film side, that's not me. Um, you know, that's going to be you, you know, to, to, to convince these guys about that. Um, but I will continue, like I said, uh, in the digital side, uh, the entertainment side of stuff. Um, I do think we have a, a great advantage. Well, we're, you know, we're getting to the point in the life cycle of film and television in the state of Georgia where the next big move is going to be on the investment side. On the capital talk, side. Yeah, so let's talk about that because, you know, we've had that discussion for a while. And I know you've done that. You're you're pushing that still, right? I know you've done we, independent I mean, we've, movies. And, yeah, we've, yeah, we've flirted with some of it. We've um, dabbled in some of it. We've developed some things that are um, getting pushed along farther in the life cycle of production. But I have not focused yet on raising Georgia money to make film and television. But that's coming. All right, we we you know we're in the process of doing a massive global expansion on the physical side. Congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you. It's 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 um it's pretty amazing. Yeah. The tailwinds are crazy good. Good, yeah. good, good. good. Um, but, but you what, still got more love for Atlanta, right? Well, now. Atlanta's the hub. Okay, right. Just so this is sure. right. So no different than you, you want to see Coca Cola go all over the world because Coca Cola money then builds this state, and you want to see Home Depot expand all over the United States and and become huge because then Arthur Blank buys the Falcons. So you want to see homegrown Georgia companies go out and spread their wings and bring back money from all over the world, and that's what Black Hall is doing. That's great. Right? So when we talk about expanding to London and L.A. and Canada, that expansion is not in any way um, against what we're doing here in Georgia. In fact, we're tripling our size here in Georgia, but we're just also going to the places that our clients want to be 
that are not Georgia because they need to make production in, in London and they need to be in Canada mm-hmm. and they certainly need more space in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And so we meet all of those needs, but then we can bring all those profits back to home company. That's great, man. Right? And yeah. so it just gives us a lot more strength and allows us to do a lot more good in the community because there's just more free cash flow. Mm-hmm. So then when we're partnering with Munair High School, mm-hmm. five years from now, I can say, well, maybe we'll just build XYZ. But in the short run, we have less capital. In the long run, we have more capital. You really just want that capital base to be the place where you want to have the biggest impact. And in in our case, that's Georgia. That's great, man. Congratulations on that. And you're right. You're building a brand um, that's exciting for us to brag about. That, you know, again, hey, you start here. It's the same thing with kind of with the game companies. Very similar, man. It's like they built a brand here. And now these guys, some of them have some of the top esports games out there. Um, and, and guess what? Everybody, oh, man, that's a Georgia company. Well, that's where it gets really fun. I mean, we've talked about from the beginning um, of this industry. Well, I mean, the industry goes back into the 70s. But from this, this leg of its expansion, which has been meteoric, right? The idea that Georgians now are starting to psychologically identify with making movies the way they psychologically identify with drinking Coca-Cola, flying Delta, eating Chick-fil-A, shopping at Home Depot instead of Lowe's, sending things UPS instead of FedEx, right? Those are all like psychological Georgia things. Mm. Well, now psychologically Georgians think of themselves as filmmakers. You're right. Right? Mm -hmm. So that's what we do. We drink Coca-Cola. We eat Mm. Chick-fil-A. We make films, Mm. right? We eat, we we drink Coca-Cola. We eat Chick-fil-A. We make films and we make video games, Mm -hmm. right? This is Mm -hmm. where then it becomes part of the zeitgeist of a, of a culture Mm -hmm. that has um, the kind of impact that then people start to say, how else can we feed those industries that are giving so much back Mm -hmm. to our culture. And I think that's where, um, you know, the next phase is on the entertainment side, the gaming side, fortunately already has that capital, Mm -hmm. that development capital, because think about how much money is lost trying to develop stuff that doesn't work. Right. Talk a little bit about that in the, what you see these entrepreneurs on the gaming side, how many failures they have for every one victory. Oh man. You know, it's interesting you say that, too, and I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But I even I look at you as a CEO, right? And I, I get blessed, man. I get to talk to some of the most creative, innovative guys out there who run these companies, right? These guys. Are, and and uh, it's so funny. A lot of them made their money in the dot-com era, right? <laughs> Which is cool. Um, and I would literally tell you that people like yourself could run a dog food company just as much. Because it is those lessons learned Um that are becoming valuable to anything, right? Um, so, yeah, I have a friend, and um, he was in the game industry. He actually ran CCP, Mike, shout out. And he has these breakfasts. He does these uh, CEO breakfasts, he calls them, right? And he's like, man, you know, I was like, yeah, do what, you know, what, what, how they turn out and whatever. And he said, you know what, man, the, the bottom line that everybody learned is, and I'm not going to curse, but it's the screw-ups <laughs> that you share with the other ones that become the most valuable stuff. And he says, that's what it is, man. We're just, everybody's just talking about their screw-ups. <laughs> so you know not to go down that highway. And so to answer your question, I would tell you these guys to me, uh, like yourself, you could, it's, it doesn't matter what vertical, what industry. It's those life, it's those experiences of your failure that make it. So when I look at a Chris Claus, you know, and one of the first guys I got exposed to, you know, at the job, dropping out of Georgia Tech, you know, to take a chance on this company and, be, you know, become very rich. But 
it was the lessons he learned, you know, what he was with ISS, one of the, again, dot-com companies. So, um, so yeah, man, to answer your question, I, 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 um, I think these guys can run anything. I, I think that the, the skill level and the, uh, the um, mistakes you make are literally gold, and that's what's going to drive uh, you to continue being successful. And it's also going to see when you see that, that bump in the road, you know how to get around it without wasting a lot of time, money, and it's whatever. Well, when you're developing video games or content on the entertainment side, there will be failures. That's just a given. And if you're afraid to experience failure, then you're never going to find those huge successes. Now, that's a luxury item because you have to have a lot of capital mm -hmm. in order to make enough bets i mean bets feels like the wrong word because there's so much work involved there's so much thought involved it's not just like i bet on red i bet on black I, you know it's not like i'm rolling the you know spinning the roulette wheel mm -hmm. but let's just call them bets to make those intelligent thoughtful considered bets with the knowledge that some of them are going to fail mm -hmm. you have to have capital that embraces that psychologically as well mm -hmm. right and so that risk-taking capital which in America has largely existed in Silicon Valley mm -hmm. right? on the tech side. And then on the entertainment side, that, that risk-taking capital entertainment largely exists in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. So now Georgia has developed a risk-taking capital base for gaming and technology. Right, right, right. right. But Georgia hasn't yet developed a risk-taking capital base in entertainment. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that's where uh, the, these, these parallel worlds diverge. Mm -hmm. But I think as they start to come back together, one of the things that might be interesting is that it might be the tech money mm -hmm. and the gaming money mm -hmm. that becomes the first money to really fund entertainment activity mm -hmm. in the state. I think that's already happening. Mm, tell yeah. me. Like, what do you, well, again, what do you when say? you talk about you know, these independent companies, you know, they, well, was, and, and, and you're right, it follows a tech scene. Usually you get one kind of big exit, right? And the cool thing is, hey, now let's reinvest, let's reinvest. So the gaming, I will tell you, I mean, the game companies don't like it, but Thailand is just picking off each other. They, yeah, they we, cannibalize each other. We, we love it. You know, the state loves that. Why, do, why does the state love that? Because that's showing that we're building the ecosystem here now, man. Mm. Because, again, when you recruit, um, you know, an employee here and it doesn't work out. Ten years ago, he's heading back to wherever he came from. But, you know, and the other thing, game, these guys are these are families, man. These are not mm. Everybody think gaming's kids, man. These are these are families, man. You know, so for them to make a move like that, it's a big move. Well, some of these gaming entrepreneurs have now been doing this for decades. Exactly, you're right. Exactly. Right? So a lot of them are turning fifty. <laughs> exactly, gray hairs and all, man. <laughs> it is, and exactly, and um. So yeah, no, I'm um. I'm excited, man, because you are seeing that now the reinvestment starting to take place. Like mm -hmm. even I mentioned to Chris Claus. Chris Claus built a program at Tech. Now he's focused more on the, um, oh, sorry, I've got that word, the brain stuff, you know. So uh, I know I ain't saying that right, but uh, but it, he does an incubator accelerator. So he's got these students coming in. He's giving them a little seed capital. He obviously gets a percentage of the company. So he's running. He's running a little uh, angel venture and, fund and out of Georgia Tech. There you go. That's right, cool. Right. So, how does that, that work? Does Does Georgia all, Tech is Georgia Tech taking a piece of that upside too, or is that? Oh, I'm sure they do. Yeah, it's some sort of. You know what's cool yeah. about that too? They starting them as freshmen. 
in the program. So you're starting to see that. That's happening at Stanford. That's happening mm -hmm. at MIT. They're starting these kids now. Hey, let's start them as freshmen. And when you walk out, when you graduate, you're walking into these companies. So that's what I'm saying. These kids aren't apt to leave as much as they were a few years ago now. Where are the best programs? So Georgia Tech obviously has a great program. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Who else in the state? Good question. Um, man, they're all over. I can go from Savannah to Columbus to Macon. I, I can't I can't say because I don't want them mad at me, man. So Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Because I'm gonna forget some. Yeah, but, it's okay. but the metro area, I mean we're just just uh even Kennesaw State now has program, man. They, you know, brought in brand new animation. They're, they're doing gaming. They're, they're uh, building an arena. Uh, Georgia State's built, just built an arena, just offered a game program. AUC, uh, Clark Atlanta. I'm literally talking to all of them now. They got all that big money, of course. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, man. It, I, I, again, our talent is, uh, the, and the schools, and they're doing an amazing job, too. Let me let me shout out to the colleges. They're, they're just doing an amazing job and mm -hmm. exposing these kids. And I think, again, you know, me and you, you know, have to find ways to keep to keep them here. But it's going to be that investment, right? It's got to be how do we help these kids earlier, right? And that's kind of what going back to our earlier conversation about getting these high school kids involved is when we can start exposing them to these type of opportunities and teaching them, you know, because that's the other thing, man. It's just um, access. To, what What is a raise? What is, you know, I just the. I would something like that. I think that's what we got to get these kids, man. And like literally teaching them those things. Right. So to answer your question, man, I, the, the ta we're talent rich. We're talent rich here in Georgia. We are talent rich. Take, uh, Im imagine for me five years from now, tell me a couple things that you would love to see in the state of Georgia five years from now. Good in your question, space. man. Great question. Then we're going to play. We're going to be playing a lot together. That's what I want, man. Mm -hmm. I want us, I want as the industries converge, um, as the new technology, as the 5G, 6G, 7G starts kicking in, you know, that what we are putting in place for the next couple of years will help us leapfrog when that tech comes. And that tech's not far away. So VR, AR, all it, because again, literally with digital, man, it, it literally changes every few months, right? It's always something. But that this the 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 highway the freeway is about to become super speed right internet two internet three stuff's already being talked about i had a meeting this morning about that so um as post-production and special effects and as you talk about the mandalorian uh you know the digital the digital because uh, everything in my opinion is coming digital anyway Right. Well, not not everything, but a lot of entertainment is going to start converging more in the digital space. Obviously, music, streaming and all of that stuff. Right. Um, that's where I would say in the next five years, I would love to see us. Man. I, I, that's why I'm really like want to really focus on the high schools, um, because I do think in the next five years, we're going to see the advancement on the scale faster than we've ever seen. You know, so that's where my head is, man. Where's Asante in five years? Good question. Hanging with Ryan, man, going back to L.A. and hanging out and hanging, seeing Sylvester Stallone and all the stars, man. All the beautiful ladies. He's got all these beautiful ladies coming up to the table. Hey, Ryan. I, I want to be with you, bro. That's, what, that's my goal. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, there's lots to do in five years. Yeah, no. Where are you going? Let me ask you. Where are you going to be in five years? What's that? Talk to me. Well, I mean, five years from now, we will be um, – the largest provider of third-party space on in the English-speaking world. Mm. So I think that's exciting. Uh, five years from now, 
we should have a an entire production wing. So an entertainment that is, division. That's great. That's it. That's um, awesome. There's a couple things that we're working on that I think, you know, COVID set us back timing wise, but my guess is by mid 2021, I can focus some energy on raising the money necessary to start rolling out content. Hey, which, talk about that. I saw the article. Talk about your COVID because that plays that plays as well, and you know, actually talking to your security guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, hey man, you know, I think that's another advantage for us, man, if we can open obviously before L.A. And so I'd love to hear, and I know you you spent some money on that. Yeah, no, we, um, you know, we installed a bipolar ionization air handling system wow. throughout all our entire facility, and these this bipolar ionization is released into the air, completely. Um, healthy, harmless, you know, whatever. But the bipolar ionization attacks virus in the air and then makes the air cleaner, antiviral. And so our, you know, the air inside of our stages is cleaner virus wise than the air outside. Now outside air is moving and it makes it very difficult for uh, virus to get into the lungs. But in these enclosed spaces, air is um, directed oftentimes by the air handling systems and so if you don't have good quality air handling systems, that's why you see people getting coronavirus in restaurants. Or it's not because of the tight space of the restaurant as much as it is about the airflow um, of the restaurant. And so what this does is it takes our cl- enclosed spaces and makes that air antiviral in oh, and of itself, nice. which then you know hopefully makes everybody feel a lot more comfortable about being in those enclosed spaces for long periods of time course with masks on and with social distancing and all the other protocols that the uh, producers guild has developed in conjunction with the directors guild and screen actors guild and IATSE and the teamsters all of these unions have weighed in on what protocols are going to be and so they have very developed thoughtful protocols that are going to be in addition to the fact that they're going to be working in environments where the air quality is very high and so um, all of that's been provided by a company called CrewSafe C-R-U-S-A-F-E, CrewSafe. Okay. And, nice. Um, you know, th- these technologies have been around, but they've largely been in hospitals. And, and this pandemic has brought to the fore in our collective consciousness just the notions of what's antiviral. Right? None of us were, well, not none of us, but very few of us were using hand sanitizer all the time, thinking that we were uh, keeping ourselves healthy. And very few of us were worried about door handles, whether or not they were copper. And very few of us were worried about what kind of air quality we were breathing wherever we were sitting. So it's a, it's a different world in that regard. There's an entire industry explosion happening inside of antiviral life. Um, and so we're kind of seeing some of that from the inside out as it relates to the entertainment industry. Oh, that's great. Share best practices with me, man. You know, this is something, you know, I think we need to obviously get behind a little bit more as this is growing and learning and being able to share these type of stuff. You know, again, if there's a way we can help with that, that'd be great. Yeah, I, you know, some of those best practices for us, we have to work so closely with all the unions and particularly the producers guild because the producers are are leading all of this because the producers are really the logistics and business operators of this business um, that we lean on them a lot to try to find out what they need and what they need from us how we can help the protocols that they need but not necessarily imposing protocols on them because they're already imposing so many protocols on themselves mm-hmm. but what i would say is that this disease the more we know about it the less complicated it really becomes, which is we just need to make sure that 
droplets from my lungs don't end up in your lungs. Mm -hmm. And we do that with masks and we do that with distance and we do that with air handling. Right. And so just those three things have a giant effect, whether or not you're infected, Mm -hmm. whether or not you are um, asymptomatic. Mm -hmm. If we just do those things, the virus doesn't spread. Right. So we, you know, the productions are doing things like taking people's temperatures. They are testing for the virus. Our staff is being tested for the virus in conjunction with what the Producers Guild needs. Mm-hmm. But really, there's some fundamental aspects that we didn't know at the beginning of all this that we know today mm-hmm. that allows us, I think, just to fight a lot more effectively uh, against the virus. Well, I'll give you some kudos, man, and for leading, you know, and I, uh, again, I, um, I, you know, I only just read the articles. We haven't had a chance to meet, man. But I, I've been excited about that. And obviously, those conversations come up with what I'm doing, too. Again, these we're crossbreed, man. I just think, going back to your question about five years, I would love to see more of that. I would love to see you talking to the game developers. And I like them talking to the film guys and the music guys. Because they all, even esports, music and esports, man, they play. And that's actually a big advantage for us. Uh, we had this event, DreamHack, and we had some of the hip-hop artists. And um, I'm... Please don't get mad if you are a nerd out there. But these nerds, dude. <laughs> yeah. They were dying. They were loving. Oh, my God. They knew all the words. And uh-huh. I'm like, wait a minute, man. Oh, these guys are cool, man. Don't be talking to cool nerds. Let's go with that. So Don't, um, don't forget that the suburban nerds are what made all the hip-hop guys rich. <laughs> exactly. 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 So I think that's our advantage, Ryan. I love to see us all hanging together. Like in L.A., that's happening already. We're nets. Oh, Canada or wherever. But yeah. I would love to see that happen. Well, Sante, we're out of time, but ah, thank you so much for being here. So we'll fast, do it again. No I doubt. really appreciate you taking the time and uh, all the best for everything in the future. Thanks, man. You too. And uh, again, if I'm a, uh, you see me waiting outside again in a restaurant, you know, please let me in. Ah. Uh, I, I want to hang you're always, with you, man. You're, you're, you're always welcome with me. <laughs> hey, right. if anybody wants to get a hold of you, do you have social media, anything that they can reach? I do. Um, LinkedIn's good. Just Asante Bradford, you'll find me. And then um, email Asante, or excuse me, A Bradford at Georgia, spell out Georgia.org, and then the Georgia.org website. Hey, and shout out to all of my partners. Um, Alan Fox is our creative industry guy, new guy, and he's been killing it with me. Uh, my communications team, you guys, thank you so much. And my manager, I just, I can just shout out people forever, man. So anyway, thank you for letting me share what Asante does on a daily basis. Well, we appreciate being here and thanks for being so open. All right, buddy. I'm Ryan Millsap. Thank you for listening to the Black Hall Studios podcast. Putting an exclamation point on the end of each podcast, I share inspirational sayings that I write on Instagram. There is not one good reason to not let it go. There is not one good reason for worry. There is eternal reason to be present now. Thanks for listening to the Black Hall Studios podcast with Ryan Millsap. We want to hear from you. Find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify. And follow us on Instagram at at Black Hall Studios and at Ryan.Millsap. Millsap.